Hello and welcome to episode 64, Deadline Day. We have a huge episode uh, to talk about here. And um, we did have Joey Botano on again, but first of all, we had a lot of shit that uh, happened over the last couple of days. So first off, um, let's just go around the horn, see how everybody's doing. Dustin and Connor, I know Dustin, you just came back from North Carolina. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, just went to North Carolina. Nothing too exciting. Was in the mountains. Did a little hiking, did some skeet shooting. It was hot. It was shitty coming back up to Michigan's gray skies. But yeah, good little trip. You guys went and um, did like waterfalls and a bunch of shit, right? Skeet shooting? Yeah. Yep, did some skeet shooting, uh, did a little hiking to Crabtree Falls, which is in off the parkway near Little Switzerland, North Carolina. Dang. That was exciting. Yeah, it was good. Good time. Did you get any drone flights in? Like you said, you're... No, not really. It was kind of... Is the drone really still in one piece? I think that's the bigger question. Yeah, it is. It's still in one piece. It didn't get to fly that much. I did get it stuck in a tree, though, at one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the worst thing in the world. Right? It could have been worse, I suppose. Yeah. And Connor, you just you just uh, made a pretty big purchase. That's right. Well, actually, I mean, it's a pretty big purchase. Yeah, sure. Uh, the I, we got a boat. Technically, kind of, it's not at our actual house yet, but um, yeah, we're excited. I mean, it, it'll be nice to get on the water. Uh, <laughs> we had a boat last year, and it didn't really. I don't know. It didn't really run all the time. We always talked about that. I feel like we talked about it on the podcast quite a bit that I was just like out working on the boat. Learned a lot, but I also learned that I'm not dealing with uh, an inboard anymore. So I went with pontoon this time, and and that's that's how it's going to be. So <laughs> Tyler, I know your your whole your whole world's been with the uh, the IOs, so you know all about the inboards, but not not for me. I'm going to stick with the outboards and stick with the pontoon, easy enough, and go from there. Hey, well, it, you know it's it's easy for me because I don't have to pay for anything. It's I just grew up with my my parents' boat, so. <laughs> I mean, whatever they, whatever my dad had is, is what I was used to. So if he had an outboard, I would, I would be an outboard guy. So it doesn't really matter to me, but, um, but that's, that's awesome. You said that it was going to be here sometime this week, right? Yeah, it should be here on Friday. So Friday afternoon, um, it'll, I'll send you a picture of it. We can share that out if, if we want to, although it's not really hockey related, but it's still a boat, which is pretty cool. Um, but I'll send you a picture of it. it. It'll be, it'll be nice once it's in the water, they give you a little tutorial and, um, drop it in for you and all that good stuff. So we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's not hockey related, but still, you know, it's, um, <laughs> it's Michigan summers, dude. <laughs> it's a boat. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to float. And I, I think I'm crossing my fingers that it floats. I'll put it that way. So that's all you can really ask for. <laughs> Get something that floats, get a few seats in there, get a motor, and you're good to go. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah, I, I I got a little bit of golf in this weekend. Uh, definitely not the best round for, for the first time this year, but uh, it, it was only 9-2. But I was Ooh, just sure. glad to get out there and do it. I shot 50. It was no, that's that's not going to win you the green jacket. Definitely I'm not. Sure that's, I'm sure that's why you went out there is because you watch a little Masters. You're like, hey, this looks easy. I can I just, go out there and I can shoot I just, 30. <laughs> no, I, I never think that at all, <laughs> ever. Um, I just, you know, 
I was looking forward to knock some knock some of the rust off from last year. I haven't played since October, I don't think. And uh, you know, I'm I'm back in the league this year. So um actually they go off of handicap. So if I have a rough couple of st- like starts to uh the first couple of weeks and then play better, it improves my score. So uh I might just sandbag them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's sweet. So um now that we got our uh I guess updates. I won't say out of the way because I enjoy hearing both of you guys' updates, but you guys want to talk a little bit of hockey? There's a lot yeah. of a lot of news, a lot of big news. Absolutely, I dude. I don't know where we want to start it off though, but I mean we can talk about the Red Wings, but there's also some big league news as well. Yeah, well let's I, I think that because we're gonna be going into the Red Wings stuff a little bit more in depth, uh let's let's save that. But I well, I guess what was the trade that you were uh most you know, like excited about, or, um, I guess most surprised about throughout the rest of the league. Um, I would say like for, for just like if I was a fan and I was like, Hey, if this was my team and that's what I was rooting for and a, like a, a team that could, that it'll help push them to, to Stanley cup, I'd be Boston. I mean, that's an unreal lineup. That's a, another fun player to watch talking about Taylor Hall. Um, it'll be sweet to see him on a very, very good team. I mean, he's been on, on, uh, good teams in the past, but never like a great team. Like I think Boston is and has been for the past five plus years or so. Uh, I don't know. It'll be sweet. I, I feel if I was Boston, though, I feel worried every time Taylor Hall comes in, I feel like <laughs> they always take a downhill turn. So we'll see how it works out. Yeah. I, um, Dustin, did you wanted to add into that? No feel very similar i mean that's about the only one that was kind of big as far as hall uh, like trades go nothing really like um jeff carter yeah i was surprised well, at the felino one guys yeah i guess oh, the Felino. Uh, that was yeah, my that most was, surprising one yeah but but i was being like the captain the, of the team right right yeah yeah he's captain of the team so and, and i think he just signed a contract like two years ago if i'm not mistaken so i think that was kind of an interesting move on their part I'm not sure if it's cap space to deal with it or a fucking torch. Just like I'm fucking getting rid of everybody. I'm not sure. <laughs> Seems like that's the only player torch liked from his little uh, statement. Yeah, I know that's why I'm, that's why I'm confused. It's like, are they getting yeah. rid of torts? <laughs> <laughs> I think torch has gone after this year. To be honest, I I, I would think so too. I mean, it's uh, like they were not supposed to be sellers this year. They they went out and made um, made deals with uh, Max Domi uh, and obviously getting Roslovic and uh, and Line A. I mean they that just proves that they were going all in their goaltending has really been struggling this year. I know last year they had both, um, they had Corpus Allo and why is the other guys, uh, Elvis Merzlikens. Uh, they had those guys last year who were s- seemingly on fire and that team just hasn't been able to, to really, uh, find their stride this year. So on that, uh, I can't even say his name. Feligno. Feligno, Feligno, whatever the hell his name is, whatever fuck his name is, dude. The <laughs> sounds like a pasta. The, oh yeah, the Leafs are making a run for it, dude. Signing Riddick or picking him up, they got a a good little uh, backup goalie. They're they're making the move. They're, yeah, they're, I would say that's another one, kind of in that Boston bucket of of really exciting. Like if just like purely fan, like I want to win right now. Um, I can't wait till the next game is aired. Type type excitement you know you like wake up and you're like shit because i remember so this morning um today is monday and i remember this morning is when i heard i think the hall news broke 
like, and I'm just put myself in a, uh, in, in a Boston Bruins, you know, fandom there. And I was like, man, that'd be sweet. I can't wait until whenever the next time they play, because it'd just be cool to watch. It, it kind of like changes the lineup because now you reshuffle uh, all your forwards and wingers and you get another guy that can hopefully get new light or get, get some new, uh, new legs under him and get to light the lamp a little bit. It'll be fun. And that kind of the same thing for the Leafs and even the Penguins too with Jeff Carter, because I mean, so, it kind of just solidifies your, your middle three of your top three lines of your centermen. So on the Leafs, I can't find the fucking stat, but it was like the first time I think in like 50 years that two players have scored 50 plus points. Um, Marner and uh, Matthews. What are you two. kidding? No, jeez. Wow, and in, in, in a shortened season too. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, just in general. No, and I'm 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 just saying, oh, oh, like, oh. in a shortened season, that's crazy. Oh, oh, no shit, right? And only thirty nine games played. I think that's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what the stat was, dude. They're fucking both on fire, dude. Jeez, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I feel like Toronto this year is is making the move. That's it hints with the 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 goalie signing or the goalie trade, if you will. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I was looking at the trades because um, I had them pulled up. There's quite a few, but like a lot of them weren't that like, like the Jeff Carter one. Yeah, like the he's going to the Penguins. Um, you know, a couple of them. Let's see here. The the the, the Lightning, the Lightning Blue Jackets Red Wings trade was kind of interesting. Yeah, that one that that three way deal. Um, I didn't even know that we got Savard for a quick second. <laughs> right, that was really weird. So the problem is we're we're keeping twenty five percent of his salary in that trade. That's what I was reading about. Oh dang! I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. So the, so we are um, the blue. We are and the Blue Jackets are. Um, oh okay. Oh no! So the Blue Jackets retain fifty percent. So they're only playing Savard. The Lightning are only playing Savard at twenty five percent of his contract. Dang. Which is a great deal for them. Um, oh yeah. Do you, do you see the Canadians? Um, I, I was surprised they didn't pick up um, uh, the other stall, Mark Stall, and bring him up. I thought it'd be kind of funny, but they picked <laughs> up. Uh, just because they picked up Eric, I was yeah. like, "Oh, maybe they pick up the other stall brother." And didn't <laughs> didn't only two brothers play with each other when they were on um, on Carolina a couple of years ago? I think it was. I have no, I have no idea on that one. I think it was Jordan and Eric played together for like a couple of years, and then Eric left. So I think to Minnesota, maybe. Either okay. way, that's that's besides the fact. But um, but yeah, do we want to start getting into the the Red Wings? The Red Wings. Yeah, let's, let's start with the least least exciting first just because i think everyone knows what the 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 cherry on top was yeah friday's deal with nemeth yeah right <laughs> 2020 2022 fourth round pick yeah uh, i mean no, no, I'm a, i don't hate it yeah i that's what i was gonna say what are your guys thoughts on that Dustin, i don't I guess, hate it and that uh, just so I, I don't hate it and i'm just gonna save you the question i don't hate and actually i tend to like all of the trades that have that have happened so far but all if right, we're just so, gonna talk about nemeth i'm i like it no, and, and I, I'm the same way with Connor. Connor and I were talking a little bit about the the main trade. Um, so I, I'm kind of the same way. I didn't think anything was like crazy, um, or like like oh man, why the hell did they do that? Yeah, I mean, there's right. nobody on the team that like that warrants a a reaction like that. Yeah, it's you not know? like it's like, like I, Austin Matthews, and we traded him away. Yeah, right. And and like we're getting picks for him. And I think at the end of the day, I want to say like Ken Daniels or somebody tweeted this out actually just before I. Uh, we joined and, and started recording it was that they and you guys might have the number here so i might be off but um it's like over the next two years we have 22 draft picks three years yep. we have yep. like 33 we have the most the, 
yeah and like we have like 55 draft picks over like a span of like four years or five yeah. years or something like and, that it's crazy yeah so essentially eiserman so all right fuck it we're i'm just gonna talk about it we talked about it <laughs> uh so the mantha trade um i think we won that trade quite oh, quite honestly it, by like tenfold um yeah. i'm not sure what the fuck the caps were thinking don't get me wrong i like mantha i you know i've talked bad about him a couple times you know but not like that it's just i don't in hindsight, I see why Eiserman signed him to that fucking contract. I was telling Connor about it. Mm-hmm. He was fucking selling him. He knew he was selling him. That was the whole point of that contract was to make him look enticing. It's a good, it's a good number, you know, for a quality player. So it gets everyone excited. And, and you know what I said when this happened too? Maybe a couple weeks after they signed him, or when maybe when he was playing poorly, I was like, we all knew that he was streaky. But the big thing that that we have, and when we first were talking about trades, and when I was saying that he could be a potential for for being traded is when he signed for that, was it four years? That is huge because now you're giving a team that has a window of that two to four years, a guy that can't leave, you know. And that 5.7 too. And that 5.7, point friendly. The money, absolutely, right? It, but I'm just thinking like now you have well, a lot of these teams in that window and the, the window that possibly is closing don't care too much about the money because they know they're going to be in a bad spot in like five years. And for him – they know that they have them locked in for four years. So they have them for the duration of their quote unquote window of like opportunity there. I just think, you know, Dustin, to your point, Eiserman knew what he was doing. Uh, you sign him for a long-term kind of cap friendly, financial friendly deal. And now you have trade bait and you hope that he plays well enough to get you a good return. And, and he did. And luckily the past two ish months, it kind of proved that started off a little rough and, um, but I think that he's played a lot better and that's what you get. You get a first round pick and you get a second round pick and you get a couple guys that, um, I think one's is Vrana is he's a, he's a RFA, I think. But I mean, the bottom line is you're probably not keeping the other guys. So it, it's going to end up turning no. into a first and a second, but at the end of the day, I'll take a first and a second for him. And a couple yeah, absolutely. Guys. Absolutely. I mean, so, I mean, my thing I was thinking about, with with the whole Mantha trade, is the Caps fans seem not too happy with it. They yeah. seem pretty upset. They seem pretty upset about Anthony Mantha, and I, I don't know if it's because they haven't seen him play. Because to Connor's point, dude, he, I, I, well, fuck points, dude. You talked about it. He has a huge upside, and when he's right. when, he, when he's playing good, he's a good fucking player. I'm not gonna take that from him. But the problem is he's streaky as shit. So I'm not sure if the Caps have only seen that small side. And maybe you're right, Connor. They're just looking at the point production this year. So I, I think they're looking at the point production. And, and how much they gave up, it, and how much they gave up, and looking well, at dude, the, they guys gave away, they gave, fucking, the whole kitchen well, they, sink. Looking yeah, at the that's, guys that's that what I mean, though. Yeah, yeah, and like the guys they gave up, and the points that those guys had. Now, where I think that they're not seeing, and kind of goes back to what you're saying, Dustin, is they they probably just aren't familiar with Mantha. Is that him playing on a good team versus them playing on a good team? I'm talking about the Capitals, obviously. Is that he's going to be bringing a lot more to the table than they were, and I bet well, his points will look a lot better. And especially well, on the, their power play is going to be stupid. Dude, Backstrom, Ovi, Mantha, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> who who do you feed it to? I mean, it's it's a win 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 right there. That, that's what I'm saying, and I think that's what they're trying to strengthen. Right? Is that is that whole power play unit? Because he's not playing on the first line. He's definitely going to be a second line, maybe third line. I can't. Who, do, do you know who's on their second line? Isn't it? Um... Off the top of my head, no, but I I can venture a guess, but there's no point in doing that. Yeah, I I was just curious where he'd slot in. Do you think he's a second liner in that in that in that organization, or is he gonna be a third liner? I, 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 I could see him second or third in power play. Yeah, he'll he'll probably get a look at it. Maybe not PP one, but PP two for sure. Yeah, 
But I, well, yeah, I actually, it depends on where they have him have him slotted, though. I mean, what uh, Ovechkin, Ovechkin's right-handed, right? Yes. And 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 Mantha's left-handed, so you never know. It depends if they have it set up in the umbrella. They could have both those guys in the half wall, and it just depends. There's a bunch of stuff. It'll be actually fun to watch to see what they do with Mantha because he is that kind of diverse type player, big body. Do you put him in front of the net? Do you put him in front of Ovechkin's shot? Do you have him on the wing on the second line and kind of feed him up top? Because he's a little bit slower compared to probably where they're at. I don't know. It'll be cool. So, so kind of here's my hot take. I, I'm 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 excited to see if Mantha lives to his upside potential with a team that's decent. I was going to say that too. It'd be very interesting now that like he actually is in a spot that he can you know prove so, what people are are saying that like they doubters about him. You know. So is it fair? Is it fair to say that if he doesn't succeed? I can say that I was right in the fact that I he, he's he's streaky as shit and not as good as you think he is. I, I well, so yeah, if you give him, I would say if you give him the end of this year and next year, it would be like. But I agree that he's streaky though. That's the hard part. But I think like the it's all going to come back for me is that you look at the points at the end of next year, you look at his play, like how he's playing and where the team goes. That's where you make the decision to say, okay, yes, or you know, good or bad. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to um, him not making, and I've said it along, him not making eight, nine million dollars a year. Like he, I think he's, I yes, to answer your question, yes, I still think that he is going to end up, you know, showing you that he should be making what he's making. If not, he's he's on a great deal. He definitely has to prove himself. Absolutely. I mean, he's going to a way. Like, look at the skill on on Washington. It's just insane. It's a huge mm-hmm. upgrade for him. Um, and just talking about, you know, kind of going back to the point that uh, you guys had about Washington giving so much up, I would have actually been happy with just the the if it was Verona for Mantha straight up. That's just my own opinion. Uh, he's a year younger currently. At I know that he's his uh, contract is ending this year, but he is making significantly less at 3.35. He his point production has been somewhat similar to Mantha's. I have their their last four seasons um including very, this season. It, it's, it's very it's similar. Very similar. Yeah. So But I, but don't you I'd be upset because then you you just pretty much lost Mantha for nothing. Because I don't think he's signing this year or, or signing back with the Wings like in his next contract. If he my, signs my, again, then like the Red Wings like blew the trade way, you know, the best trade of like of the entire trade deadline this year for sure by far. But I, I just can't see him staying. So you would get if you did, that you have Rana first and a second round. That'd be insane. But yeah, no, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I love I love the deal, obviously. But what I'm saying mm-hmm. is, I think that it would have been even fairer just Mantha for Verana straight up. No. No, I just don't. That's the part that I'm just like because how, if, if Rana how, leaves, then then you just lost Mantha for zero. Yeah, because you're not going to be uh, because so Mantha has a three year contract or four years left on his contract. So essentially, you you have him locked in for four years unless you trade him. Right. So right. with Rana, he's a, he's a, he's a RFA like Connor saying. So essentially, he says, "Fuck you guys, I'm going back to Washington." Like just like we talked about. So I guess that would be. I guess that that would be like the the caveat then. If he resigns with the Wings, for sure, would you then say I that that would be a, a yeah okay. Uh, I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm being greedy here. I'm gonna go. No, I mean, I, Hey, don't get me wrong. Go, I just would see, I could see that. I could see what you're saying Yeah. at that yes. point. I, I can see. Uh, yes, Tyler. I can see that point, but at the same time I'm being greedy. I'm going with Connors thinking that Mantha's fucking the next big thing. So 
we need we need more than just a, a player for player transaction. Yeah, but I mean, uh, my my point about it is that Mantha has shown, you know, he like you said, he's streaky, and so is Verana, right? Um, they both have different ceilings, I guess. Mantha, Mantha's, you know, he can be slotted pretty much anywhere. Verana is, they're similar players, is what I'm what I'm trying to say, and. Yeah. Only time will tell, I guess, how how this works out. But I like the fact that he's younger and that maybe he has more to prove. The Red Wings have so much money to play with. It's actually crazy. It's hilarious. <laughs> and like so much money, so many picks. This is like Eiserman is probably in the exact position he wants to be in. And now he's just got to actually, you know, do it. So it'll be really cool to watch how the progression is over the next four-ish years. So on one player we lost, I'm, I'm I'm very sad we lost the uh, the resident mullet. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, true. The rat, the rat king. Yeah, disappointed. Fifth rounder. Something yeah, like we, that. No, we yeah we got a uh, 2021 fifth round pick and Hayden Verbeek, which happens to be the mm-hmm. nephew of our assistant GM. That's what uh, I was wondering. I was curious on that. Yeah, that that was a little bit of a head scratcher to me. I I wondered if he was just trying to. I know nothing about this kid, so let me just preface everything by saying that. But it almost seemed a little bit like he was doing his family a favor, kind of like Draper did with drafting his son. Yeah, let's see. It's like one of those MLB weird weird to me. (laughs) Here we go. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's take a look at him real quick. I got to shit up. Let's see here. yeah, it's gonna be a uh, yeah. No, that's not. He's not. He he's not playing. He's, he's not, playing not gonna any, be an, an NHL guy. No, 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 <laughs> no. But he's home. No, no. Uh, um, yeah. So he played real quick. He played uh, last year, nineteen season, nineteen in the twenty season. He played in the ECHL. Oh, okay. Um, but, but he he did have nineteen points in twenty one games. To be fair. So not bad. too bad, but there you, there you de- go. definitely not. But definitely not a. I don't see him being a a. Uh, well, now he's, now can't he's wait to see him in Toledo. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Um, so, Dustin, I got to ask you, this is not not Red Wings news, but it is regarding the trade dead, deadline. You know, we just went over our picks for uh, for Stanley Cup champs and, and divisional champs and everything like that. Are you worried that Colorado made a move in the goalie position getting Dubnik? Are, are, are your Vegas Golden Knights worried, I should say? No. Why would they be worried, dude? Ryan Reeves will just nail you, and then you'll say fifty games. No. <laughs> well, I mean, Colorado getting a getting a top goalie. I mean, they they're really making a run for it too, and they should given that window. I mean, there's a, there's a few different teams that have that window of opportunity there. Colorado's is probably the biggest right now, um, but it's going to come down to Vegas and, and they've Colorado, been on which fire. I think we've known. Yeah, and they've been absolutely on fire. I would be worried if I was a Golden McKinnon Knights fan. But that's just me. Okay, I want to get your opinion. It, time will tell. And by the way, guys, um, I think wait, when wait, 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 real quick, Vegas needs to get rid of those fucking ugly ass golden helmets. A hundred percent agreed. I think those Hate are them. the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Thought they were playing roller Literally. hockey for a little bit, dude. I, I can't. Every time I watch, every time I see the game with them on, I'm like, nope. I'll catch the highlights. It looks <laughs> so bad. Yeah, not for me. Next, but. uh well, what were you saying, what? Tyler? Forgot what I was going to say. Train of thought. Yep. Thanks for that. Great. Great. Oh, oh. So, real quick. Uh, while I was in North Carolina, I didn't go to a cocky game, unfortunately. But the Red Wings did win against Carolina in a shootout. And holy shit, is Adam Ernie looking good? Dude, he yeah. is on. How about, how about him? Fire. I'm telling you. 
He got the shit. Literally, that guy who who punched that dude. Who punched him in the face? Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> wasn't it, was it against Florida? I think so. But apparently, get a, get a big return. No, he, no he, he's going to be our our top player next year. <laughs> uh, well, easy. But uh, he's he's looking good though. I mean, no, he honestly, is. he's looking really good. Like I'm, I don't know if he's got a lot of confidence, um, just from just from scoring or or what it is. But a whole new player from the from the beginning of the season to now. I think he forgot who he was before with that punch to the head. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It has to be something because he literally was scoring. He went from scoring nothing to being on fire. I mean, dude, that shootout goal. Let's tied, go. Well, now since Mantha's gone, he's leading. He's he's tied for the lead, right? Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Or actually, no, <laughs> Verona technically because he's at eleven. Wait, wait, wait. Let's hear. So does that count? I don't, How does that I work? Don't know. No, yeah, it should. no, no. They have them on separate lines, I think. But it's no, it should count. Yeah, no, it counts. What? But like when you look yeah, them up on the like, hockey DB for for the season, it would. But like for for like top, I don't know. Red Wings for yeah. top like for top like goal scorer. There's no yeah. way. <clears throat> Look at fucking Ronick with 22 points, dude. I hate you with your two goals. You're so stupid. <laughs> so actually, we we did um, di- we discussed a little bit of uh, Red Wings hockey with Joey Batano that we had on, um, and because he got he got uh, the chance to call a few Griffins games, so he gave us a little bit of insight on the uh, on on the Griffins. We talked a little bit of Red Wings, and it was great to catch up with Joey. What did you guys think? I love talking to yeah. Joey, so you, you know where I'm at. I, he, yeah, he, no, he can come on whenever he wants. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Connor. I, I always enjoy talking to him. Um, yeah. We just want to kick it over then? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, you know what time it is. All right, so this is the second time we've had this this young gentleman on. We were talking about age. He's still young. And uh, he's been – he's actually has a lot of exciting things going on. He's been working his tail off in broadcasting. He worked for Saginaw Spirit and finally got his call up to the AHL with the Grand Rapids Griffins. Congratulations, Joey, and welcome to the podcast again, Joey yeah, Batano. I feel like you're almost trying to convince yourself that I'm still a young guy. Like I'm not <laughs> it's 30 still is that still young? I don't know. I guess so. Oh, it's yeah. younger than 40. Hey. Yeah. I, I'm going with that. I just turned thirty, so it is young. No, thank you. I appreciate those kind words. I feel like I feel like it's the last. It, I feel like it's the last decade that you can get away with being young, and then when you're forty, yeah. it's, it's no. That's I would old. even agree with that. Like I'll I'll say I'll take my lumps when I turn forty. Like I will agree that's you're an old guy for sure. <laughs> yeah, no Hold question the cargo about shorts. it. Like. Um, Shit starts aching. You didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I'm, and I'm going to be a mess from all the bus rides and everything like that. Like, I'm just going to be a creaky old man at a very young age. <laughs> the back, oh, the back sure. is going to kill you with all those bus trips, man. It's it probably, I'm, I'm sure your back, like, all right, 30, yeah, but your back is like, I have to be 60. There's couches I can't no even, there's couches I can't even sit on because they're either too hard or like, I, I, it's like, I need, I need a pad already. You know? <laughs> yeah. Got to get some lumbar support. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. But no, c- uh, congratulations, man. Uh, it's, uh, how long has it been now since you got the call? Uh, it, was, uh, it was kind of a surprise. You know, I, uh, Bob Kayser had had some health problems 
with Grand Rapids and uh and I'm glad to hear that he's doing much better and he's uh coming along in in his recovery but he had to have open heart surgery and I think from the team's perspective there's no sense in in making a guy uh travel given the restrictions and all that and given his health restrictions at the moment um so I was filling right. in when I could and just kind of uh you know waiting for them to give me the call so it wasn't like we sat down and mapped out what games we would do I just basically said that you know I was available which is unfortunate that I am available in this situation but um yeah unfortunately the OHL hasn't started yet so um I've kind of just you know let them know that where whatever they need me to do I would do it and got in a couple of games in Cleveland and a game in Chicago and um I think they're going to get some other guys in in the second half of the season which is good um but I was certainly thrilled to uh to get the opportunity to to go into the uh, American Hockey League That's awesome. so when you go into a transition like this like you get I don't know how how uh, much heads up they give you before a game but I, you know I'm watching and I'm just listening to these people on TV they they just know every single name immediately on both teams, just like right off the snap and uh, all these different line changes and like the D pairings and the forward line lineup. Like do, how, how much like studying goes into that, especially when you get a call up to, uh, to do, you know, a new team essentially for, for you, do you have to watch film and just look at the roster? A yeah. Bunch of times? Quite a lot of homework, Connor, to be honest, it's especially with that first game that I got in Cleveland, you know, you, you don't know either of the rosters. So in the American Hockey League, you're you're coaching yourself up on call-ups and, and reassignments and players that are there and players that could be and, and with the taxi squad this year in the NHL, that that even complicates matters where players are getting called up not and, and not playing because of contractual reasons. So it it was a lot it was a lot of work to prepare for those games, but you know like I said, it, it, it's been so long since I prepared for a game to call it. It was, it was just nice to have that feeling again where you're sitting down in front of a computer and you got the three and sometimes four screens going and you're watching games and you're, yeah, you're watching film. You're seeing who's on the power play. And luckily enough for the American Hockey League, like they're still allowing their broadcasters to travel. So I was able to travel down to Cleveland and travel to Chicago and do the game in person. And, and obviously, if you ever had the choice to do it in person or do it off a monitor, you'd always want to be there. And especially in Cleveland, where where they have uh, yeah. fans right now. So it, it was really special to get the opportunity one. Uh, but especially since, you know, for the better part of the year plus now, I've just kind of been sitting and waiting and, and hoping for the opportunity to do some games. It was... Uh, it was just nice to to get that opportunity and and you know also at the same time like you guys said you know to get the call up too so it was it was fortunate that way but at the same time it was just great to call a game oh for sure so, so joey you mentioned uh cleveland had fans uh i actually went to a detroit Red Wings game without fans well 750 of them so how much different is it calling a game without fans well i can tell you about the game, game i called in fans. chicago because i did we had no fans there and they're playing in hoffman estates which is uh i don't know if connor's ever played there but it's basically the wolves practice facility and i don't think the the hitmen mm-hmm. played there though i think they played at fox valley back in the day but uh 
so it, it's it's a community rink. I mean, essentially, and they've beefed it up a little bit for the American Hockey right. League this year. But by and large, it's it's a community rink, and um, you know, you, you, these guys are hammering it from the point, and the shot hitting the boards will absolutely blow your headphones out because of the echo in the building because the ceiling's so low. Uh, so it was it was unique, man. It was different. It kind of reminded me of like those uh nahl showcase games where you're you got up at 8 a.m and you're calling a u16 game and it's like you know timmy's dad and mom and and then like couple of couple of d3 (laughs) scouts like that's kind of what the atmosphere was uh so i give the players a lot of credit uh for playing through that and and you know putting on a show like and it was the young guys at the time, like it was, you know, Phil Tomasino and Ryan Suzuki and Seth Jarvis and all those guys were playing for Chicago at the time. And they were really the guys steering the ship for the Wolves there for a while until uh, I think Jarvis got sent back because the WHL is playing now and uh, Ryan and, and uh, Phil Tomasino are still there. But, you know, these guys were really making a contribution in the American Hockey League as underage players. And players that wouldn't have got that opportunity had, you know, their major junior teams been playing. So uh, as much as it's unfortunate, certain situations, you know, certain leagues aren't playing right now or, or maybe got off to a really late start, you know, it's good to see some of these players be able to take advantage of that situation and, and for the betterment of their career. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm just I'm scrolling through the roster right now for the Griffins and you know Connor was saying how it's it's pretty amazing how a, a lot of the announcers do know like like the back of their hand they know both rosters. So I see a lot of tough names on the on the Griffins to to uh to pronounce. So Edward no, I'm talking about uh, Jared Oh, Ugo it's not Sedic- as hard as it looks. CS- there's a couple of them. So there's Jared Lucas Savages. Uh, I think he went to, I think he's a Denver grad, scored the game winner in the national championship game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Is that any oh, that's good? That's pretty yeah. good. And, uh, big deal. and then, uh, <laughs> there's Charles Edouard Das too, played in the Quebec major junior league, but they, yes, yeah, he? they do have a couple of, believe me, like I said, I went back and watched some games and it, it was a little daunting when I looked at the roster at first and I was like. Oh man, you know, this the Grand Rapids team in particular. Like when I was looking at Cleveland's team, they had a bunch of guys that played in the OHL from when I had worked in the league. So I was familiar with a lot, actually a lot more players on Cleveland's team uh, and Chicago's team than Grand Rapids at first. So I had to kind of familiarize myself with those players. But luckily enough, you know, some of them, you know, I saw Giovanni Smith play in junior and, you know, watched Taro Hirose play for the Red Wings and, uh, Dennis Chalowski was there at the time for Grand Rapids. So I had seen a couple of those guys play in person and that really helped obviously to be able to identify them and, and kind of what they do. And I, I don't know, it, it's, it, it's pretty similar to be honest, the way I would have prepared for those games, the way I prepare for an OHL game. It's just when you work for an individual team, you, it's not that you take for granted, but you have like information stockpiled in your head or paperwork or whatever that you don't really have to do as much homework day to day with the team that you're working for, calling games for, because it's pretty fresh. Uh, so really, you're essentially just doing homework for one team uh, for the most part. Now, obviously, right. there's times where you go 
six days without a game and things happen and, you know, injuries and X, Y, Z, whatever. But, um, yeah, I think when you start from scratch and you're, you're, you know, you're going into a game where it's two teams that you haven't seen and that's, that's the biggest challenge for sure. And I, I think we, I think at the end of the day, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a good challenge for me individually. Like I needed, I needed that to get back into the swing of things. Yeah. yeah you, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You, you got to get your, uh, your Pierre Maguire on and, and know who everyone's dating oh, and, and, uh, their favorite color, what high that. school they went to. <laughs> So that's what I was gonna ask you, Joey. So one day I was watching Ken Daniels' Instagram. I noticed he had a um, like some note cards about the different players. Do you have something similar to that so you can kind of like name fast facts or like do you just kind of go off the top of your head as far as because you mentioned yeah. you watch a lot of those players in the OHL? No, I have I have a spot. Some people would just, probably just argue to, that do I do whatever that you want. As I go. Um, I have a <laughs> yeah Got a thousand points. Nobody's last listening. Year. That type of thing, but um. No, I have a spotting board that basically I just have the entire roster on a sheet of paper. Um, the numbers are big and the names are big to allow me to identify them quickly. And in the little box uh, that's on this piece of paper, I have a box for each player. And for the pro guys, I try to I try to get in. You know, like you said, for example, or like was brought up with Jared Lucas Savages, if they did something, you know, really spectacular in their junior college career i try to try to get it in there i think it's important to you know not to go full pierre mcguire here but to you know tip of the cap (laughs) to to the ncaa and the and and major junior because they do a great job developing players and things like that so i i I do my best to get that in and then you know obviously if the player had accolades or anything like that um yeah, but I, I I have a spotting board that I prepare each. I, I do one for each team, and the one I got burned on. I will I will tell you this a little inside story here. Um, so Calvin Pickard's been up and down all year with the Wings. I'm sure you guys know that he's been on their taxi squad like every other day. Oh, yeah. He's come up and and been sent back down. Well. He got sent back down and played against Rockford the first game or the the game before the game I was calling. And it was Saturday. And the coach had mentioned Ben Simon that he wanted to get Pickard some time. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, at the very least, he's going to be on the roster. Like he's going to be with the group. So I only have two boxes for goalies on my on my spotting board because I have to, ex- uh, I have to do a good job here with the space on it. So I just keep, I don't have room for three goalies, which is unfortunate at that pro level. Cause I think you need three spaces for goalies, but I put Calvin Pickard on <laughs> and I left Pat Nagel off and sure enough, Pickard gets reassigned to the taxi squad the next day and Pat Nagel starts against Cleveland. Now, luckily uh, I had already done the game earlier this year against Cleveland where Pat Nagel had started and he was on my sheet and I had some pre-existing, um, you know, tidbits of information on Pat. And, uh, so it wasn't, uh, it it wasn't too bad, but it it was definitely one of the, yeah. Thinking on your toes though. And it's unfortunate. Like once you're already on the road, like it's Saturday and all of a sudden you get the, the tweet that the, the wings had, you know, reassigned. 
pick her to the taxi squad and and you've already printed your notes and you're halfway to Cleveland. So (laughs) you you just kind of live with what you got. (laughs) So that's kind of a little inside track there on, on a little story that, that happened before the last game I called there. So you just got to be ready. I mean, those things at the AHL and ECHL level and, and even lower pro leagues like the Southern pro like happens all the time. Guys come up and come down and you, as a broadcaster, you almost have to have a, especially this year with the taxi squad, like you almost have to have a, a group of three or four players on the side of your sheets. Like these guys could very well play. Like you never know. So. Absolutely. Now, how how many games, uh, how many Griffin Just games have three. you called Joey? Yep. Those three. Okay. Now, was there anybody that jumped off the roster to you that, that you were like, wow, I, I never noticed how good of a player this guy was. Or were you, were you really focusing on just trying to, you know, I mean, this, that was your, your big moment, you know, you're, you're, you finally made it to, to the pros. And, um, what I was just kind of wondering, was there anybody that kind of jumped out to you that you were, yeah. So I'll give you one prospect and then one, like, I guess non-prospect would be the fair way to say it. I don't know. He might end up playing for Mm -hmm. the Red Wings before the year's over. So I guess I shouldn't say it that way, but he's a veteran in the AHL. Um, so the prospect that stood out to me the most in the games that I called was Giovanni Smith, which is uh, ironically enough, he's, he's earned the, he's earned the call since then, which well-deserved. Like, I mean, he, I don't know if there's a player in the Red Wings system that's developed more from what he was as a junior to what he is today. And man, I get mad when people pigeon, try to pigeonhole him as a fourth line, like, you know, bang in the corners type of player. Like he has way more skill than that. And I get so frustrated with that. We were, mm-hmm. we talked about that last episode, that exact sentiment that Giovanni Smith deserves to be in the, on the well, squad, you know, 100%. obviously I think if there was a, if there was a knock on Giovanni is that his foot speed's probably not where he needs to be. If he's going to be a top six forward in the NHL yet. Right. So it, it all depends on what the role is that they see mm-hmm. for him going forward. Um, they have like sim- like Tyler Bertuzzi and Giovanni Smith to me are very similar players. So they have like a similar like player in that yeah, spot, right? Which is pretty troublesome when you think about it because they're both prospects at this point, right? So they're kind of stepping on each other at the moment. I know Bertuzzi's been out. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. I think Giovanni Smith's good enough to be net front on a power play in the NHL. That That's where... Can't move 100%. him. Like, That's where he was in, on Grand Rapids power play. Um, but just his five on five, his ability in the corner, like he was, there was no battle that he lost, which to be fair, like he probably shouldn't, he, he probably shouldn't be losing battles in the American Hockey League on the boards, but to his credit, he didn't. Um, I, I thought that that was the guy that stood out to me prospect wise. Chalowski was good, but he ended up getting the call up too. Um, but Giovanni Smith was the guy. And then like, Non-prospect would be Riley Barber, who's just a great pro hockey player, right? Like yeah, Stevie yeah. signed him so in the offseason, right? He's a vet, like, and mm-hmm. I know, I know his role. Like, he's there to help the prospects develop. He he tears it up every year, though, too, and like the fact that he he is definitely there. But he's yeah. still in '94, you know. Like I think, we're, yeah. So and and actually speaking on that, and you can go on on this after. But I'm just like looking through the roster. It is kind of crazy looking at these AHL rosters now and not like you see one person born 
in the eighties. And, uh, but like most of the players are born in like the late nineties and there's yeah, even a couple I think, 2000s. I think Brian <laughs> like, Lashoff is the oldest player on the Griffins. And I think he's in 88. I could be wrong, but, um, you know, they got some, he's a 90. Oh, great. He's a 90. Okay. So he's uh, Nagel. And, uh, he's a, he's an 87. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's an 87. There was somebody else that was like, but so I'm like, you know, your oldest guy is a, a goalie and then everybody else is, is crazy. And I was actually in, uh, don't worry, I'll let you go on. And, uh, <laughs> I'm Barber, but Smith, for instance, like you talk about him and like maybe the foot speed needs some help there. And, and that's kind of that last thing that I, cause I agree. I, I've noticed that as well. I think the foot speed, the quick, the quick foot speed to get into the corners, um, to win some of those, those battles. but he you know 23 years old right i think he's 23 and man the next two years are going to be huge for him just to get in that sweet spot of being 25 he's still so young and i feel like he's been around yeah man i mean i think giovanni smith is a real deal like i i think he's you know he's your new age answer to a player that you know plays like a tom wilson where you know on any given night he's mm-hmm. he's kind of like don't poke the bear type of player like it, when they when they leave him alone oh yeah yeah when they leave him alone he's kind of quiet but sure enough if somebody you know and the one thing i i i gotta tell you i've I've really liked the red wings game the last couple weeks and i really i really think those two the two game series in tampa that they took a step forward like i hope they don't prove me wrong against nashville i don't know when this is going out but they're playing nashville tonight tuesday night yep I, I really hope they they can get this thing going to where they're playing, you know, four and five games in a row like that. And that's not they don't have to win, right? Like they don't have to win. Just, just get just confidence going. Play a strong, solid defensive game. That was the best Sunday. Was that Sunday against Tampa? I feel like yeah. Sunday against Tampa, yeah, five, they one. won 5-1, but that came from good team defense and good goaltending. Like, re- actually, really yes. good goaltending. Like, 100%. let's be honest. Re- yeah, he was Grice, great. Grice showed up finally. And, like, guys like Danny DeKaiser, who have been, like, just okay for a long time, had one of his best games I've seen in years, where he wasn't getting pushed around in front of the net. Like, I... I don't know. They need more of that consistently for sure, but I'm encouraged by where the Red Wings are. I know I got off. I, I feel bad for Riley Barber, man. Like <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say the same thing. I'm like, I was going to, I was going to rope you back. Riley Barber is, he's nasty, man. He's, <laughs> he's a good pro. And when, when Grand Rapids needs a goal, they go to him. Like that's their guy. And uh, he, he's good. And like, like I said before, like it would be, a stretch for him to be an NHL player. It, it always has been, um, but he's a nice American hockey league player. And that's the guy, obviously that stood out to me. And one guy I hope gets a look and, and with some roster changes, I, I mean, I'm speculating, but I have to think there'll be some roster changes coming up. <laughs> I think we all agree on that. Um, I would like to see Taro Hirose mm-hmm. get a shot before the year is over too. I agree with that. I, I yeah, liked him I mean, when he was he, up last year. He's playing year. really well in the American Hockey League. and I mean, they just needed a little bit. Of, they're watching the detail in his game. I, I think that's fair because some nights in the in the NHL, 
when he, you know, wasn't making plays, he was kind of a negative in my opinion, but like in the American hockey league, he's, he's a facilitator on a power play. He has an extreme amount of confidence right now, which is great to see. And I hope he gets an opportunity and I, I I have to think he will, right? Like I, I got to think they're going to make some moves here that will get guys like Chowowski, Smith, I hope Svechnikov, and maybe Hiroshi in the rest of the year. Yeah, you would think that at, at least, you know, kind of going off of what you were saying for Hiroshi, he's he's like one of the only guys that you mentioned that hasn't been up yet, and or at least this year. And He's got 13 games played, 14 points. Yeah, he's he's leading the mm-hmm. the uh the Griffins in assists right now. So, um yeah, you you got to think that a guy like that, you know, Eiserman's going to want to get a good look at for uh, you know, for next year and and so on and so forth. So, but yeah, man, that's that that's awesome. I mean, you're kind of giving us a little bit of insight cuz we've been focused a lot more this year on on Red Wings than Griffins. Uh, you know, last year I feel like we we tried to do half and half a little bit and you know mix it in a little bit more, but uh it's it's good to have you on because you you have yeah. that that inside scoop. Go ahead. Sorry, Dustin. Joey. Well, nope, sorry, I, I interrupted you. I was gonna ask you, how does Gustav Oh uh, he yeah, like he's he's maturing, he right? Like um just gotta take like the panic out of his game. Like sometimes when the puck finds a stick in the defensive zone, he's he's he you know he panics a little bit. But he was playing with um, he's playing with Brian Lashoff when I did the game in Chicago, and that's that's got to help, right? Like you, you get put up with a veteran like him on the top D pair, you get you know a lot of minutes. Uh, he's a good player, but I, I don't know. I, I look at him as a as a stay at home defenseman more than a a, a score mm-hmm. on the back end i don't know i could i could be wrong on that but that okay. uh, at least that's that's where i kind of see him slotting in with the red i'm not sure the red uh, who knows yeah to, to be honest we'll take either like, or exactly we'll take either like, or what's that defense gonna look like minus mark stall you know hopefully a healthy danny de kaiser the rest of the year you know you, exactly like yeah, i think, I think we trained. can agree on that like he he most likely won't be here the, the rest of the year so yeah i think lindstrom gets an opportunity and again he it was too much for him last year he i don't think he it, it was pretty clear like i don't think i'm speaking out of turn like i don't think he was ready last year when he got the opportunity no um he's maturing though and he's playing like i think playing with lash key and he's getting better every game like every game i saw him from the from the first cleveland game i did to the last one that was uh about two two three weeks ago now um just just better and then i actually i don't know i think he was with the taxi squad the last game but um he's just getting better every time and playing with a veteran is gonna help oh yeah now, what, what can you tell us about uh, this Donovan Sobrango kid? Um, because we know that he just he just inked his uh, entry level contract, his, his uh, ELC, and you know the kid's only nineteen. You know he was just drafted sixty third overall this this past uh, this past year. So I like him uh, a lot. I liked him in the OHL last year for Kitchener. 
the games I saw in Grand Rapids, I mean, this this is a tough one because honestly, you asked me who stood who stood out the most, and it's like one A one B for me with Giovanni Smith and and Donovan Sabrango because Sabrango was such a surprise. Like I didn't expect him to have that type of impact on me when I watched the games. This kid, I mean, he can do it all. Like he makes a good first pass. He's reliable. He hits like a freight train. He's put on weight. He's gotten taller. He doesn't look out of place at all, minus some some minor defensive zone gaffes. But, you know, what prospect doesn't make those type of plays, especially in the American Hockey League? Yeah. Especially so, so young. Wow. I mean, there's a, there's a pretty high ceiling on this kid for me. I I think the Red Wings got a really nice player in the it was a third round pick i think uh third round was it yep third round hold on pull it up i just had it, it. says 63rd overall it says uh on on the grand rapids website it says drafted detroit's fifth really? fifth choice so 63rd overall but but fifth choice yeah. means their their fifth pick of that draft it doesn't say the third, round though right yeah that yeah yeah that's that that's a nice that player, sense. though. That, I mean, but that's it. Just it's the kids put on weight, and he's gotten bigger. I mean, he grew a ton. Like I, I remember I said that uh, on the broadcast. He played against Chicago, the game I was doing, and I, I, I didn't know it was him. And that's a player that I've you know watched. I get to watch him play six times a year in person in the OHL, and that's that's a player mm-hmm. I didn't recognize. Like that's that's how different Jeez. his physique was. On the ice, he filled out a little bit. He's uh, six one. Yeah, and he was probably like. a little under six foot, and maybe one eighty, one seventy five in in junior. Like he was not. I mean, he played. He played big, but he was Sheesh. not a big kid. That's that, you know what it's it's kind of a breath of fresh air for. For Wings fans to hear that, obviously we know that you know more at Ciders coming up, and um, he's on a fucking tear. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's just actually going off. It's actually his birthday today, today too. So uh, he and Connor yeah, share but the Connor's same got exact a birthday. More skill, I think, and same skill level. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were all thinking it. <laughs> Connor's just waiting for his call up. <laughs> Anytime um, now, my phone's in hand, just just waiting for the ring. It must have been on airplane mode or something. That's actually that's actually why we had Joey on. Joey, if there's any way you can get into Ben Simon's head, uh, be like, hey, <laughs> my buddy Connor. I got, this, I got this guy. He probably needs a skate sharpened and, and needs to find where his stick's at, but he could probably make it to Grand Rapids in like an hour. <laughs> hey, man, if you ever – It's never played more. Because you never know, man. Like, I mean, guys get out of it, and I, I've seen a ton of guys get out of it for a few years, and then next thing you know – a buddy of theirs calls him and says, uh, Hey man, I'm going to this training camp, whatever Southern pro ECHL. And they go for shits and giggles. And wouldn't you know what they make the team. So you never know, man. It happens all the time. I, I know. I actually, I would like wanted to, uh, it'd be fun to do something like that. One of those like open tryout type things. And, um, I don't know. It'd be uh, it'd be just interesting to see. Obviously, you can't just go for your first time skating, but like skate for like a month beforehand or two months. So like nothing. You're not doing like a crazy yeah, training, you might. but just kind of like see how much 
it's just that you don't die. You know, yeah, you, you, you might want to get the cones out but... and do a couple <laughs> learn to skate programs before you go. <laughs> I know, I know. And I so I didn't know some of these like East Coast teams too. Like it's pretty interesting. Some of them have the you know how they have like um what is it the uh, it's not the rescue like oh, what's the, the, the fourth goalie they have up? the yeah yeah they have some of those for like like players. I, I saw there was a guy that was playing in. Uh, and like these East Coast teams that have players that they have people just ready to get called up, uh, and I don't know if it was only for like two years ago or something like that, but it just happened happened recently. I'm like, that'd be sweet to go live in uh, one of those places in the middle of nowhere and get a random call up every once in a while with my head caved in. <laughs> it's like the it's like the bullpen catcher, man, it's the best job you can get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Second string but, kicker in the NFL sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, backup long snapper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Well, I wanted to. Uh, I want to ask one more thing. So, or I guess a few more things. But I'll start with this one. But um, so last time we talked to you is before the draft, right? And and then we were talking a lot about Cole Perfetti. So I wanted to get your input on kind of with the draft. Were you surprised at where he where he fell to? And um, I, I guess I'll just lead off with that. I mean, obviously we talked about his skill level and and you know how great he is. But I just want to get your your live reaction post. So was I surprised he dropped to 10? Yes. But was I thrilled that he ended up in Winnipeg? Yes. Like, yeah. Like him, man. (laughs) And and he's, he's with Manitoba right now and he's playing well. And I mean, there's no doubt like that kid's going to be a star. Right. So at the end of the day, and and I loved his I loved his mentality. I loved his quote afterwards. That basically, like he said, nine teams, but it was really eight because Ottawa had two picks. But he's like, you know, eight teams passed on me. Like that's the attitude I have, right? And I was just like, wow, like this kid, like yeah. he, and you just don't want to get him going. Like you don't want to fire him up. Like you could talk to, you can ask Dale Hunter about it when he was coaching the the Team Canada World Junior Team, and they didn't pick Cole Perfetti. He sent him back to the OHL, and he had like fifteen points in five games. Like he was a star. Like he came back, and he's like, "I just want to prove them wrong, right?" So I have no doubt in my mind that that kid's gonna be a star in the NHL just because of his mentality and like how he handles his day to day. Like that being his mentality, like eight teams passed on me that's how I'm approaching my day-to-day and yeah he's a great he's a great kid off the ice too which you know that that obviously that helps because he's one of the nicest kids I've, I've ever met working in junior hockey but also one of the best junior hockey players I've ever seen with my own eyes I mean 111 points in 61 games I think it was yeah and they all and 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 That's you know the decent. knock was he can't get there he's not big enough X Y Z yeah but look at Alex Brinkett like I always bring him up because he's a small guy but like the small player thing that that thing needs that whole like storyline needs to go That's not a thing anymore I don't feel like no with the speed no well, if you have speed so and hands much, it doesn't like, matter I don't I don't know if I can maybe Connor can speak to this like I feel like with hockey now it's not so much your like goal line to goal line speed in a straight line it's like how do you get from a zero to a hundred like how do you like dead stop you know what it is it's 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 a 
It's you're in front of the net. There's a shot from the point, and the goalie puts the rebound in the corner. Who's going to win that race from the slot to the corner? It's that like fifteen to twenty foot sprint, and that's and that's that quick feet we're talking about because it's so easy to spot. Because if you're a half step behind, you're already at a disadvantage for the fifty fifty battle, and it's 100%. no longer a fifty fifty battle. But if you can get there first, you you have all the you know. Look at Crosby. He gets there, and then he is impossible to take off the puck once he's on 100%, the wall. Hundred percent, and he gets there first. That, I think that's why Anthony Mantha's game is so frustrating to a lot of people because I don't know if I mean when the big fella gets going, like he can skate, but he needs thirty mm-hmm. feet to go. He's got to get going. <laughs> yeah, he's got to get a he's got to get a breakout pass and get the puck at his own goal or his own yeah, blue line. Standing you know, still, speed. he doesn't that's, win that's any of difficult, those battles, but mostly because he can't yeah. get there. But, but again, right. like you said, if he's yeah. hanging out at the far blue and he gets a pass, it's going in the net. So, I mean, it, it all depends on you, – you live in, you live with that type of stuff, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, right? Like, at the end of the day, I think we're trying to cookie-cutter players too much, like, into, well, they have to do this and they can't do this and they have to be that. And it's just like, man, not every player is the same. Like – like Giovanni Smith is big. Sure. To, and, yes, and, like he looks like a prototypical fourth line player in the NHL. Twenty years ago, okay, not today, right? Like twenty years ago, he'd get right. pigeonholed as a fourth line guy. He'd be fighting twenty times a year, and that'd be it. Second round pick or not second round pick. But at the end of the day, like this kid's got way too much skill to be wasting. I hate to say waste because it's not a waste. I shouldn't have said that. That role is very important in the game. But that player on this particular team is better served on the ice than in the penalty box, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, for you definitely need a good mixture. See, like, I, I, I feel like the narrative a few years ago is, oh, you got to be at least, you know, you got to be over six foot. Anybody over six foot in this league just can't, you know, they can't make it. But I feel like you get, I feel like you you need a, a mix of players. Like, yeah, I, I could see how uh, I could see how a big guy can make sense in front of the net or on D, but I could also see why uh, why a smaller guy who can kind of you know dodge those checks and, and get to those corners like we were just talking about. Um, I feel like you you need a good mixture, and uh, hopefully hopefully uh, Cole will be that for for the Jets. I mean, he's on a, a pretty damn good yeah. pretty damn good roster. No question, he's in good company and- there. When you think about the Jets, like I think about their forward group, when you put Cole Perfetti on that forward group, like we're talking Toronto Maple Leafs good with that forward group. Like maybe better. Exactly. With a better better goalie goalie and not as good of a defense. I'm sorry. They They have to make a trade for a defenseman. But let's just compare forward groups here. That's a top three forward group in the NHL with Cole Perfetti. It's it's an offense heavy league now, you know. You you need to focus on offense first, and then move on. I think from you're that. right. Yeah, I mean, it's actually it's hard to say because it depends on your team. Like, if the Red Wings don't play good team defense, they're not going to win. I'm sorry, like it, they they'll lose six five. Like they <laughs> they have to play good team defense to win. But not every team's like that. Winnipeg wins games all the time where they their goalie bails them out. And Mark Shifley scores two goals or Blake Wheeler, you know, gets a goal and an assist or whatever. And so 
it all depends on the makeup of your team. I think if Winnipeg is going to be a legitimate cup contender going forward with the group they have now, plus uh, you know with Dubois X Y Z, like they got they got to add a top pairing defenseman. Toronto did it. They got TJ Brody. Like that's kind of an under the radar signing because yeah, like he's not a sexy player at all. He he just he plays a strong defensive game. Well, he's pretty good looking. That's a spirit, oh, oh, that's oh, a spirit yeah, alumni, yeah. man. Okay. I got no comment on the way he looks, but I will say that that on the ice <laughs> he looks pretty good. And the Leafs made a really, really good signing there. They're on their way. Yeah, imagine if the Jets had imagine if they had a guy like Trouba or something. Too soon, man. <laughs> too soon. Too soon, Connor. I know. He's a nice player too. It's a shame that like he'll be compared to to Truba, yeah, it's, yeah, it's too bad. Like that was, you know. Oh well. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, I, I wanted to mention that uh, Dustin actually picked Winnipeg to be his uh, ass tattoo team of the year. So if they end up winning the cup, he's got to get a uh, Winnipeg Jets wow. tattoo on his ass cheek. I'll tell you what. So we'll we'll Let's definitely we'll, we'll definitely keep you right, well, uh, keep you Detroit. updated with that one. <laughs> See that thing? I, I was, was going to pick Detroit too, but it has to be a team that's like moderately a decent chance. Of Mine, was Mine was on Arizona. On the bubble, right? yeah. It, it it has to be a play like a playoff contending team. So like last year for me, it was it was Montreal because they had no chance at winning, and they the almost top. won. And they almost won it. They did. Not, they were they made it to the second round. They made it to the Tyler, first round. Your asshole was sweating. How would you know that? That's odd. Olivia told me. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> Dude, Montreal anyway, looked good in the playoffs. That so took a I weird would have turn. been sweating that out too, man. You know, they they kind of surprised me for a little bit, but then once they started to play a real team, uh, Ooh, you know, then I was like, all right, here we go. They're not a real team. Yeah, you know, a little bit. Last year, I, I would weren't. agree with you. Now they're not probably a contender. Wow, not a. Oh yeah, yeah, I think I mean, they're, they're on the way out. I don't know, man. With Brian Burke and Ron Hextall there, like they're gonna try to get every last bit of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Because I would have said they're gonna oh, do yeah. one of two things: either yeah. they come in and they're gone before the trade deadline this year, the both of them, or they're going for it one more time. Oh yeah, I, I think that they, I think that they will go go for it, but it's just like it's kind of like that, uh, you know, like like Detroit at, at the tail end of their good years, you know, like who who's really gonna want to go there for an expiring team? I feel like there are just better candidates. That, that's just my opinion. Well, with but, that being um, said, I'll I'll take the Pens as my uh, as my ass tattoo team. Alrighty. There you go. Mine's Nashville, and I'll tell you what, I'm definitely sweating right now. If for they sure, played four so, rounds against Detroit, um, they'd win hopefully... the cup. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It wouldn't even take them four rounds. But uh, but yeah. Um, Joey, thank you so much for for joining us, man, again. And uh congratulations again on the call up. Hopefully you'll uh hopefully you'll continue to to get those calls and um we're we're excited to to have you back on and and we want to have you back on again, uh, you know, when you get the call up to the 
to the big show, the, yeah, I'll, the NHL, I'll probably, baby. Uh, I'll Let's probably get this lose done. Connor's number by then, but uh, you guys can feel free to... <laughs> I'm, surprised I'm surprised it's not already lost. Uh, <laughs> it's always a pleasure to get back with you guys, and it was good to uh, to get some games in with Grand Rapids. I don't know if there's any going forward or not, but either way, it was a pleasure as a guy who grew up you know, cheering on the wings as, as a kid, and just getting the opportunity to be a part of the organization, even though it's, you know, in a little small way, it was, uh, it was pretty special for me and, and just getting to call games again, like take, take all that away. Uh, it was just special to be in an arena again and, and calling some games with some fans and hearing the roar of the crowd, like all that stuff. It was, it was just, uh, it was pretty special. So thanks for having me guys. You done goofed. Thank you, Joey, for coming on. It's always a pleasure having somebody on that knows hockey, especially in the broadcasting field. Connor, Tyler, what do you guys think? Connor, you want to go ahead? I mean, I already said I, I, I love Joey. So I'm Say it again. He wants to hear <laughs> guys. it. Say it, say it <laughs> deeply from your from Don't your be heart. ashamed, I want Joey, Connor. to come on every week. No, he, he's great. <laughs> he's kind of he's got a cool story too. Um, and he, and you know he's got uh he knows a lot a lot about hockey. So it's uh it's always nice to have people like that on. And he's got that he's got that broadcasting voice. You know, you just ask him a question, you can carry the conversation. Yeah, which is nice because sometimes we can't carry conversation too well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> speak for yourself. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I was talking mostly about you, Tyler. <laughs> Get out of here! I knew you weren't talking about me. So I I'm a really chatterbox. Um. But no, I honestly, I'm just, I'm happy for Joey because even though he, he, you know, he says, oh, I'm not that young. I'm whatever. Look around the league and you, you tell me how many, you know, what is he? 32 to 33 uh, year old announcers that are calling pro games. I mean, this guy's been doing it since he was 18. He's been grinding it out. And like you said, Connor, he's got an awesome story and, um, I mean, he got to call an AHL game. Hopefully he gets, he gets to call up, you know, to, I don't care what NHL team, but, um, you know, he had I'm, to call I'm, some of my games, you know, think about that. How awful. Yeah. Oh, think geez. about where he started. <laughs> call, yeah, that, is saying, crazy. that is crazy to think about, right? Saying my name and then, uh, and then having to, well, then we went through actually some of the names that he has to say on the roster, but <laughs> the upside was that he had, say. you know, he, he got to. He got to ride that that you know unforgettable bus. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> huge huge upside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. But anyway, we'll we'll have him on again. Especially, we'll just keep track of uh, what he's doing and and have him back on when he's when he's up in the AHL, and then of course, obviously the NHL because that won't be long, I'm sure. Absolutely, oh. yeah. Um, and we also, Connor, I know you had to get going because it was uh, it was like your your birthday weekend dinner whatever and so we actually we ended the recording and then well it was he, actually my birthday not just my birthday weekend guys well, i'm no, out there i'm, I'm, out I'm there helping spending you out. time with it's, you it's, on it's, my... <laughs> it's never just one day it's, okay, it's first off, weekend it's, that's true first off no one gives a shit about your birthday connor just technically it's still down. my birthday month everybody so if you guys can <laughs> oh just show God. a little damn respect jeez <laughs> <laughs> um no but i i just wanted to tell you that dustin and i Hung on for Dustin. How long was that? Like, it was like, like another. An it was another hour that we just chatted about Red Wings hockey and and just just it was a it was a great hockey conversation. It was awesome. Absolutely. So 
definitely gonna have to have him back on. I feel like that's a common theme with the guests we have on, but it's because they're so damn interesting. We yeah. do a great job of finding good guests, I guess. You know what? Ways. Everyone give yourself a pat on the back because right? we haven't had we haven't had any guest on so far. Well, I can think of one and I'm not gonna huh, name me too. names. <laughs> me too. I, dude, since you said that, I was like, whoa, wait. <laughs> but there's one person. Uh, but ever since that person, uh every other person we can have on again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We got you got anything else? I'm pretty sure the Red Wings are playing tonight. They, they are. are. They are in about 20 minutes. So I'm awesome. gonna scoot and go watch the wings. All right, let's get the puck out of here. Let's go Red Wings and uh see you next week. See you next see week. Ya.